Hello and welcome to the Chemscope podcast from Enroll. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Chemscope is a recruitment training business um, co-founded by myself, Ed Khan, and Laura Hopes. And each week we're going to be giving you 10-minute snippets into our world of recruitment, tips and tricks to help you on your journey as an agency recruiter, and hopefully some laughs along the way too. Hope you guys enjoy. Feels weird that I'm looking down at my computer. It's like looking I'm down at me. Yeah. Looking down at me. I'm still in my running gear. <laughs> All righty. Best week, team. Also, yes. very close to a live podcast episode, 15th of November. If you haven't signed up, come join us for a live 45 minute episode. Um, I'm so excited. It's just going to be ridiculous. Like these episodes are like so rogue anyway. And then there's going to be like however many people. He's going to have to wrangle us in because Lucy will be firing like quick fire questions based on all the things we've already gone through in the potty and our top tips for next year. So that's going to be mayhem. But good. It's going to be mayhem. I can't wait to do one like at some point actually live, like physically live. Who do I think I am? Like some kind of social influencer. Oh, yeah, because people will pay to come to a recording of me talking as it is. Okay, so this week we are talking about, so the, the inspo for this was our leadership course, and we're talking about performance management and the way that that has such a negative connotation. And I guess what we want to touch on as well is the difference between or starting to ascertain the difference between a skills gap versus a motivation gap, because a skills gap can always be addressed by training. It's like your current team member is here. They need to get to here. We can fill the gap with something practical. But a motivation gap, as we know, is like the person has all the skills, but for whatever reason, they're not actually putting them into practice or able to see the results from the activity they're doing. And I think we often associate performance management with negative, whereas actually it can be a really positive experience for people if we're helping them uncover their own motivation gaps to get to where they need to go. But it's, I just don't think it's done that well. No, it isn't. And I think it starts or stems from, stems from not actually understanding why someone's not performing. I think the assumption when someone stops performing in recruitment agencies, especially when they have performed in the past, is that we need to now hit them with KPIs, get them to do more. And it's like, no, you need to stop. That person is capable. It's, in my experience, 80% of the time when someone stops performing, it's not a skills gap. It's not an industry thing. It's a personal thing. Something has happened to that person to make them not want to actually perform. But people, when they're not happy in a business, they're not engaged, will purposely, not purposely, there's a whole heap of studies, will start underperforming purposely. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, you need to do more of this. It's actually before the performance improvement comes into play, you need to work out what's going on. Is it that they're disengaged with their team? Could it be a new management structure that they suddenly disengage with? And it's those little things that we think, this won't matter, like new manager coming in won't affect the team. And sometimes it affects someone dramatically. And it can be the tiniest thing. New manager comes in, 
even if it might not be the person's underperforming their manager, it could just be a new person in a business they just don't gel with. And all of a sudden they start blowing that out of proportion. Is this business for me start underperforming? And so you need to, I think, work that out first before you look at a performance improvement plan. And the second thing is, if you don't have regular catch-ups with your team, you're not talking about KPIs, not consistently, but talking about metrics, and you're not having those regular catch-ups, if all of a sudden you start going, we need a performance improvement plan, it's rarely going to work. What that will do is push someone out and go, Fuck, this is scary. They're telling me to do more of this, and I already don't like it here. Now's my cue to go, which is, I would say, 95% of the time when someone in recruitment is on a performance improvement plan, they leave. Yeah. And it's often like, unfortunately, from a leadership perspective as well, like they, the leaders have already decided when they put someone on a performance improvement plan. Like, and it's, and that's why I think when, we talk about this, we do call it performance improvement as opposed to performance management because performance management gives the connotation that we are managing someone's performance potentially to an exit, whereas performance improvement, the whole connotation of that is that we are actually trying to get someone to where they need to go in our business. And I think that's the difference. And I think you're so right. Like if you don't have any container of safety structure boundaries around someone and then they're put on performance management and they're being really metrics managed they're they're being micromanaged essentially and so for someone who's been allowed pretty much free reign to then go on to like it's really demotivating and disheartening and so I think one it comes to you know how do you manage performance in the first place but I think that performance improvement plan needs to be seen as a really positive opportunity to coach mm. someone to work through whatever it is that they're working on. And I think really a lot of that, like you said, is change management. Like something has changed and that person is not responding in a positive way to it. And coming back to your point, it's 35% of people who are feeling demotivated at work will consciously lower their output because they're not engaged. So it's a conscious decision for one in three people to go, well, I'm not going to do this or I'm not working as hard or I'm not doing this. And so there's so much tied up in this. And I think it's trying to find a balance between a structured performance improvement process because you absolutely have to have one. And from an HR perspective and the legal perspective, you absolutely have to have one anyway. But trying to do that in an effective way that provides lots of space for coaching and nurturing. And I think that's the balance that you're trying to find. It's not performance management, like tick all the boxes to get someone out the door, you know, legally sound. It should be like, we want to give this person every opportunity to be successful. We're focusing on improvement rather than management. So true. It's so, I think, I mean, as recruitment agency owners, so many of them look, I think, and I've been, um, I've fallen fail of this, look externally, just get better consultants. And it's like, no, work with what you've got. I mean, we talk about this in BD training. You need to start with what you've got because often that's where the biggest wins are. But mm-hmm. Imagine every single, anyone that's listening to this that's a business leader, think about all the people that have left your business and think about 
at their peak in your business, what were they billing? What if you could just get everyone to stay and bill at their peak? Your business would be worth two, three times more than what it is now. And the opportunity costs, like we know how time consuming it is to hire experienced talent. And then we know how long it can take them to get up to speed, even though they're experienced. Like we're talking tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And so I think we often press go on a performance improvement plan when it's already lost. I think that's the the diff- it's like the last stage in the process. And so there needs to be this proactive focus on how we measure and manage performance. Do you have monthly one-to-ones in place? Do you have quarterly reviews? Do you have a career pathway with competency frameworks and targets for people, like a really clear-cut pathway? Do you do a regular skills gap analysis so that you are focusing on upskilling your people? Are those there those monthly kind of coaching check-ins so that you can start to uncover when someone maybe isn't happy or there's some kind of motivation barrier or a block? Like it comes with proactive management to start with. And then the performance improvement piece should then be a positive conversation based on, okay, none of that is working. What will work or how do we give this uh, a final push before one of us maybe pulls the pin? But it all needs to be managed up front. And if you're coming in, just like if you have one of those environments where you're like KPI free, just you've got a billings target, do what you want, come and go when you want. And then you hit people with a performance, they're going to leave because they're not seeing it being a a productive or positive experience. It's a patronizing one. Um, So I think it's all how you manage performance in the first instance. And then when you do notice, okay, we've got something going on here. Do we have a structured framework that we can take someone through that provides lots of opportunities for coaching as opposed to just hitting someone around the head with a load of metrics? 100%. And this ties in with our KPI episode. This is why they're so important. If you're not tracking performance and if all you're doing is looking at the dollars and they drop off, you've got nothing to measure against to go, hey, Laura, I just wanted to catch up. We're obviously not seeing the end result, but let's, let's work together and work out what we should be adjusting to. You did X, Y, Z in Q1 of this year and the market was booming. Let's look at market factors. Let's workshop what we should be doing and help the person to go, we're we're tracking this for you. We're helping you along. We want you to be successful. This is what you did then. You've done the same again this quarter, but that's not produced the same results. What ideas do you have? Do you think you need to be doing and sort of proactively managing it that way? And it's so, so hard to introduce a performance improvement plan when you're not tracking anything and mm-hmm. you're just going, as long as you make money, you're safe. You're fine. And then when you don't make money, he'll hit you around the head with a really, really fucking boring standard performance management document that we've pulled off the internet so that we, so that you can't come after us with Fair Work Australia. You can't actually make it work, but yeah. can't actually make. You can't turn this around. It's a we can't turn your way out, but yeah. we're doing it in a in a nice legal way that everyone feels that they've done the right thing. Yeah, and then lastly, on that, if you are doing that and are in a business like that, that has huge ramifications to the rest of your team. Yeah, but they will see that people pick up on all of that. It mm-hmm. is not a good look for you internally. So. Be structured, be proactive, Hmm. think about the person and their situation and why they might be underperforming. Don't assume it's a KPI thing, really Hmm. try and work it out. And when you are putting something in place, do it in an intelligent way and actually don't give someone the answers, in my opinion. I'm like, you need to workshop with 
person, these are the metrics that you've done, this is what's not happening, what do you think we need to be doing to get you to where you want to go? You've told me you want to achieve X, Y, Z, it's not happening under the current structure, how are we going to get there, what help do you need from me, let's put some structure in place so you feel supported to actually get what you need from this. Otherwise, it's completely pointless and, yeah, and dig on that now. Otherwise, it's completely pointless. Positive note to end on. Otherwise, it's a waste of your time. <laughs> this is a very serious episode. But what I think we should do for another episode in the future is talk about coaching, like how to be coached effectively and how to provide coaching, because I think that's ultimately what this is. Cool. team, last plug, live webinar episode, 15th of November, 11 o'clock, Melbourne slash Sydney time. If it goes well, me and Laura might do an in-person live one next year. Yeah, and we might. Oh, my God, we're going to have to get some jokes at the ready. It's called Rolls and Lols. But if we only have five people tuned into the live online one, oh. we're doing it, so. That, we're never doing it again. <laughs> Egg on our face. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Hello, it's us again. You thought the podcast episode was over, but it's actually not. Just <laughs> um, a quick one, we are actually going live. We're doing our first ever podcast live episode where we are going to go through 10 different subjects and our top tips on each of them. Things that are super relevant for recruiters in real time, things that we've seen in the market over the last year and what we are likely going to see as recruiters in the next year and our top tips on that. It's gonna be super engaging, very quick fire. It's not gonna be boring. You'll get a lot of lols. So stay tuned. You will hear heaps about it on our socials and emails, but we are really looking forward to it. Yeah, we cannot wait. Our top tips for 2024 coming at you live. You'll experience all the bloopers. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to basically having you in our living room for our potty app. Yay! You'll see a link to sign up in the comments section of the podcast. But if you don't, please reach out to us through any channel. See you guys soon. Bye.